Hello, St. Louis, and welcome to the STL Leaders Podcast, hosted by Brian Bisking. Brian started this weekly podcast to give a voice to leaders of our community, to share their story, their journey, and the lessons that they have learned along the way. Brian grew up in a small town outside of St. Louis, where he watched his father run a small business and was always interested in how the leaders in his community got where they are. Whether it's a local business leader, a philanthropist, or a celebrity, these are your STL leaders. Join us today, where we will chat with another pillar of our community on this week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast. And now, your host, Brian Bisking. Hello, St. Louis, and welcome to this week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast. On this week's episode, we have Mark Breimer, CEO of Office Supply Solutions, and also the host of Networkathon here in St. Louis. Before we get to this week's episode, I want to thank my sponsors. First, NWO IT Services, Synchrony HR, Enterprise Bank and Trust, The Tom James Company, and Go Brand Go. And now to this week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast with Mark Breimer. Mark Breimer, welcome to the STL Leaders Podcast. I appreciate you jumping on. Thank you for having me, Brian. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. We've known each other quite a while, done quite a bit of networking together in the past, and uh, I've always enjoyed uh, you know, networking with you and, and getting to know you and just you know everything around your networking philosophy and all you do for our community. And so I wanted to have you on today really to talk a lot about that, but I figured we would start talking about kind of growing up here in St. Louis, which I know you did, and what led you to starting Office Supply Solutions. Sure. Yes, I did grow up in St. Louis, lived here my whole life. Uh, actually, I always tell people jokingly, but not so much. It was an accident that I started a business. I'd actually been on the uh, wholesale side of the industry for 10 years before leaving for a little while. And uh, the process of coming to the uh, retail side, once again, um, there was never a fit. So out of frustration, I said, okay, I'm just going to start a company. So I did it. Well, that's that's awesome. I mean, I I I can tell from, you know, just your enthusiasm when you're talking to, you know, prospects and, and networking and all of that, that I can, I know that you, you know, believe in what you do. And I always hear you, your slogan of rockstar customer service, which I love because I know that's, that's so important to you. So let's talk about really off supply solutions, what you guys do um, and how you're changing up the off supply um, see here in the St. Louis area. Sure. I mean, our philosophy with the rockstar customer services. When you, for instance, when you go to a nice restaurant, you expect to be taken care of. You expect someone to literally put the napkin on your lap, cater to everything you do. But in office supplies, people don't really look at it that way. They say, here's a book, here's a website, decide what you want to pay retail price for, and we'll probably deliver it. In our world, it's please let us know how we can be involved. How can we help? And what can we do to make it more simple for you to do what you do best and be profitable and grow your business while we handle your supplies? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to your point, you know, customer service is the name of the game. And um, no matter really what industry you're in, right, especially in today's competitive nature and competitive world, um, customer service is where it's at. And so talk to us about growing uh, office supply solutions and how, you know, how long have you guys been in business? And then talk to us about how you continue to grow over the years. Okay, so first of all, we've been in business for uh, 
we're in our 12th year right now and uh, really networking just face-to-face networking like you and I have done Brian is a great way to, to we've grown our business I'm not saying it has brought in every last account luckily we search well on the internet and have a lot of people who believe in us but a lot of it has been networking just connecting other people and in return they're kind enough to connect us to uh, the people we're looking to meet I mean that's what's allowed us to survive compared to uh, our competitors, which have now a lot of them disappeared, whether it be through acquisition or just close their doors. And we're actually the only locally owned full line office supply company that handles printer cartridges, office supplies and furniture in the St. Louis market north of Highway 4064 that's locally owned and operated that's around. So let me ask you this. How do you guys compete against your big box stores, like your Office Max and Office Depot, which I guess are one now? <laughs> um, yes, but in Staples. Yeah. Oh, they're all one now. Well, no, Staples is not one, but I'm saying another big box is Staples. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So how do you guys compete against them other than obviously better customer service? Well, what a lot of people don't realize is they only buy a couple percentage points better than we do because of their volume, but their cost to do business, their advertising, everything raises their price above ours as a local business. So really on most every item, not every item, but most every item, we're able to beat them on price. And if you take a full line of everything that we offer and that they offer, which includes printer cartridges, office supplies, furniture, cleaning and sanitation type items, break room items from top to bottom, we're gonna win every time because we don't have a store with millions of dollars of inventory people walking around, rent, things like that that they do, not to mention national advertising campaigns. We right. don't pay for that. So that's how we come out ahead. Absolutely. Well, that's good to know. And for those listening, because um, I'm, I'm a firm believer in supporting as much of small businesses as you can before you have to visit a big uh, box store like that. Sometimes they have their place, don't get me wrong, but um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say that you know a big box store like a Lowe's or a Home Depot doesn't have their places in, at certain times, but if I can go to a small business, I'd rather do it all day long than a, a big box store like that. So talk to me, you mentioned cleaning supplies just a minute ago there. Talk to us about COVID. How did COVID impact you guys? I, I, uh, I got to give you credit. I know when COVID hit, you were doing a lot of videos on Facebook and LinkedIn sharing, you know, the cleaning supplies that you had that you guys even had toilet paper in stock where most places obviously didn't. So talk to us about how COVID um, impacted you guys from not only a business perspective, but how you shifted. So um, from a business standpoint, Everything we knew as far as printer cartridges and, and paper, which is a large part of what we do, kind of slowed down because people weren't in their offices, they were working from home. And we saw a great opportunity to help keep people safe, basically, because people were going from store to store trying to find toilet paper, trying to find paper towels, and they're exposing themselves for no reason. We never ran out of those items. So as soon as they became available at all in the market, we were three to four weeks ahead of the main stores having good supply on items. So we were delivering toilet paper, paper towels, and Kleenex early on to people's houses, which we were doing that before COVID, just a higher percentage were home deliveries, leaving it on their porch and just calling them from the driveway and waving and saying, thank you. So we made sure they got their products, not some random person or their neighbors. And then we shifted into the um, hand sanitizer world, Clorox, Lysol, masks and gloves, and Again, we were ahead of the curve on that. So we were able to give multiple options to our customers to make sure we match their needs, even a spray hand sanitizer. And then we went into the um, the hard to find items like the HP cartridges, 
brother cartridges and other random items that were stuck in distribution where we are with our help of our supplier, be able to mainly stay in stock when a lot of other stores and online outlets were out. So yeah. that's really how we, we kind of pivoted. We just watched the nation and we purchased from every corner of the country through our suppliers to make sure we had enough for our customers. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I, I think that was smart, obviously, right? Because to your point, a lot of, you know, I, I didn't go into an office for quite a while. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, from, from that perspective, you're having to shift in those areas where people truly needed some of those, those items that were having a struggle of getting them. I know my wife and I, we had to, we bought a, a big thing of toilet paper right in the very, very beginning and before it even really um, got bad. So we lucked out. We had already had plenty in stock and before it really got bad. Um, but, um, it's really, really good to see that you guys were able to shift and kind of help the community when, you know, those was a challenging time and it still is to this point at a, at a certain aspect of it. And now for a quick break, we bring in our sponsor, Enterprise Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Enterprise Bank and Trust knows that every business and every person is unique. That's why they get to know you in a way that the large financial institutions don't. They are our banking partner here at the STL Leaders, and I highly recommend that you check them out. To learn more, visit enterprisebank.com. And now, back to this week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast. Let's switch gears here a little bit and talk about, you know, running the business. Um, I know when I talk to a lot of small business owners, there's there's goods, there's bads, there's challenges, there's success stories. So when you think about running a small business here in the St. Louis area, what are the good, the good aspects of it and what are some of the challenges of it? Well, the good aspects are the St. Louis is the smallest big town you ever want to know. And the where did you go to high school question as much as people <laughs> hate it really comes in play. I mean, it's. it's where did you go to high school, Mark? Uh, Parkway West. I'm a proud Longhorn. There you go. So for those who wanted to know, I know it's a, a pressing question they all are wondering. But um, in all seriousness, though, it's one of those things that um, doing business in St. Louis is great if you're a good business person, if you have other people's interests. It's a horrible place if you're not and you're unethical. So luckily, we've been very fortunate that we have a lot of supporters and good words travels fast. And uh, we've been very lucky. So, well, actually, and, uh, absolutely. And to that exact point, it's why I actually asked you that question was because you mentioned customer service in the beginning. I know it's really the theme of your business is providing excellent customer service or rock star customer service, as you say. Mm-hmm. But I know you get a lot of your business from referrals, and so do I. And so to your point about St. Louis being the big, biggest small town there is, um, if you don't treat somebody correctly or ethically or just like you want to be treated, um, that's going to get around. And you're not going to have the referrals that you normally have. And so you're, you know, you're a living image of that. Well, thank you. You know, I mean, I do my best to help wherever it is, whether it be connecting people like you, Brian, or even people looking for jobs because – my dad, who passed away years ago, always said, if you can help someone feed their family, you're doing a great thing for somebody because you're getting nothing in return, but helping them. And I mean, I do that every day. Actually, matter of fact, I spoke to two people yesterday to try to help them find jobs that were friends of friends because you never know where they're going to end up and how they can benefit you or the community or just you're doing a good deed. It's just as good. Absolutely. Well, and you know, I've learned a long time ago about networking, which we're going we're gonna to shift into here now. 
um, learned a long time ago that just help help everybody that you meet and take a meeting with any, anybody and everybody that you meet. You never know who they're going to know or who they can introduce you to. But, you know, when you meet with those people, don't go in with the philosophy of that. Don't go in the philosophy like, what can I get out of this person? See, truly go into that meeting and think about how can I help them? Who can I connect them to? Um, because you never know down the road how they're going to be able to help, help you back and, and, and pay that back uh, to you. So, Let's talk about your networking. I know you're a, a very avid networker and you have your networkathon, which we're going to talk about here in a second. But talk to us about networking and, and really, you know, how you got started in it. Where, where did the philosophy come from? And really, how did you kind of get, get moving in the networking space? Well, the only two years I've been out of this industry, I uh, was helping a friend with a granite countertop company and I didn't know much about networking. And I got introduced to B&I, which a lot of us have crossed paths with. And it's been very good to me. And as a result, I kind of learned that philosophy and it kind of matched with my choice of how I used, I run my life. And so it was a very easy mesh between the two. And it got basically down to the philosophy after thinking about it and meeting with so many people, like you mentioned, that if I meet with somebody, I'm sitting across the table at a restaurant or a bread co, wherever it might be, then my goal is to bring them enough value and that mean they feel guilty for not buying what I just purchased. I don't ever want them to buy that for me, my drink, my meal, but if I do a good job and make them almost feel obligated to buy my food, that means I did my job as a networker. That means I'm looking out for them first. So I go with that philosophy. Every meeting I sit down with is to provide value for them and they'll decide if they want to provide value for me. And then I'll decide if they're going to be in my network on an ongoing basis. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So talk to us about the networkathon. For sure. those who for those who don't know what it is, um, you know, I've attended a couple uh, in the past. Um, they always have great, great turnout. So talk to us about where the idea and the philosophy came and and talk to us about what it is for those who may not know. Well, a networkathon was never planned. It was actually <laughs> um, one of those things that uh, as a company from all the networking we've done, we turned five years old as a company six years ago and decided, what can we do to, you know, celebrate our business and the community? So we'll put on a networking event. Why not? So long story short, we had asked a bunch of people to be specialists in their area and say, hey, I'll be the person who does insurance. And I'll be at this place at this time. So if you want to talk to someone or meet an insurance agent, come over here. If you want to meet a DJ, go over here at this time. And in the process of doing that, as well as me introducing people to say, hey, who do you want to meet, Brian? Who do you want to meet to all these different people? We created an event that was supposed to be a nice outdoor party that ended up being in a very hot warehouse. And my <laughs> thought when I got done with the day is what a fail. And the next day the phone started ringing and people said, that was the best event I've ever been to. I met so many people I really wanted to meet. When are you doing it again? And I said, it was a five-year anniversary party. We're only turning five years old once. <laughs> We're not doing it. They're like, no, 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 you're doing this again. So I kept hearing that. I'm like, okay, hit me in the head with a brick. I guess I'm doing it again. So a year later, we moved it uh, to a roller rink right across the street. And the whole rink was our networking area. We had another 250 people show up to that. Okay, I'm figuring this out now. And before you knew it, right before COVID, we were putting on four events a year where we were putting colored dots on their name tags so they could actually um, see who else was in a similar space as like a business to business or a home and home services space. And um, because of that, we had over a thousand people come through our event the year before our events the year before uh, COVID when he took all four events together. So the whole point is how can we make the event special for you and get you what you want? And then we went online when we had to and did virtual events and with the same philosophy, basically. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, I know it's been a huge success. I've, I've been, like I said, I've been to a couple of them and they're always very, very well attended. And uh, anybody knows anything about putting on an event, they're never usually easy. There's always a lot of work that goes into those. Um, and so I think it's really neat how you, you know, we started a, an anniversary party and the next thing you know, you're doing four of these a year and you get a thousand people coming through these events throughout the year. Um, and to your point, it's a good, it's a good way for you to showcase not only, you know, your networking and, and your network, but also to allow people to come through, through the event and, and meet other people that they are truly looking to meet, whether, like you said, whether that's an insurance agent or, or somebody in a different field. Um, because sometimes you go to these networking events and, and I'd love to get your a philosophy and opinion on this, but sometimes you go to a networking event and there's so many people of them. And I see what, you know, I always joke and say that like the business card grabbers, they're just going to grab as many business cards as they possibly can. And um, they're not really build, building what I would consider solid relationships with that. What are your right. views on that? And how do you, how do you, what's your advice in telling somebody not to, you know, when it comes to trying to build a solid network and relationship? Well, for instance, when you go to an event like a networkathon or a chamber luncheon, the goal, a lot of people think the goal should be to make that solid connection at that event. And my theory is don't do that. Figure out who you want to sit down with for coffee or a lunch or a drink or whatever, and then build that relationship. So you're going to meet a lot of people, but like, for instance, a networkathon, I tell people they're going to, they can meet 20 people at least an hour if they really try. If you have short conversations, say, oh, hi, Brian, I'm Mark, Mark and Brian, and basically say, I'd like to meet with Brian later on, and whatever system you use to mark the card so you know you want to follow up with Brian, you set up a, a email, send an email, set up a coffee meeting, and then build that relationship versus hogging somebody's time and spending, trying to take 20 minutes of somebody's time at an event where they're not going to get to see these other people again. I mean, really you're being selfish by hogging their time. So it's really going to events to set up opportunities for coffees and face-to-face meetings later on to then see if they're that person who's going to be a good networking partner. Absolutely. I think to your point, the relationships comes after the event. It doesn't happen really there. If you're expecting to go to an event and, you know, get a a piece of business right out of it right there, that's, that's probably not going to happen. You really got to build those relationships and that trust with those individuals. Um, Trust is a big part. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's talk about leadership and your views on leadership. Um, If you had to sum up what kind of your view is on leadership or how you are a leader, what would you, what would you, how would you guide that? I would say just make sure you treat others the way you want to be treated and it's okay to bring in negatives to a, a situation, but you also have to balance it with positives. You can't be the person who just says you didn't do this right, or you're not doing what I expect. You need to, those do need to be there, but phrased correctly. But also when someone does something, even if it's a little thing that's great, make sure they hear the praise as well, because it's okay if there's a balance, but it's not okay if it's out of balance. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, to your point, you always got to be able to do that. Talk to me about guiding um, your organization, leading your organization. How do you lead your current organization? By example, I mean, I don't ask my staff to do really anything I won't do myself. I mean, if we have drivers call in, and which is very rare, but I'm not above getting in the vehicle and making deliveries. It's not my first choice of spending time for a day because there's other things as a person who founded the business, but I've made deliveries. I've carried boxes of paper and boxes of furniture and made sure that I get things done because our customers want it taken care of. So I make sure I lead by making myself available, showing up on time to work, not showing up late and outworking all my staff. So they know I'm serious about our business and their job. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think to your point, 
you, you know, even the leader of the organization's got to be willing to roll up their sleeves every once in a while and lead by example. And if you're not willing to do that, sometimes it, it's hard for your employees and other people to really take take that seriously and 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 know that you you're willing to get in the trenches just like um, just like that person is as well. So I think that's that's vitally important. Agreed. Mark, I was in this podcast by asking my guests, really the, you know, really I asked everybody the same question, which is if you could leave us with one piece of advice, whether that is on business, whether that's networking or whether that's really just life in general, what kind of advice would you leave? A um, couple of parts to that. Number one, make sure you're well aware of your skill set. Make sure you're matching that up with what you do for a living. Um, number two, make sure when you're networking that you're always willing to give something that you're, if you're asking for something, don't just ask. And finally, I mean, we all have lives that things go crazy. And if we basically complain about everything we do and we look at the problems other people have, probably we would keep our own problems versus trading them. So realize that we all have challenges and being positive and helpful will be a win for all of us. And we'll, we have to just work through our challenges as we go and we'll all win in the long run. Absolutely. Well, I, I couldn't agree more. Mark, if somebody wants to find you on LinkedIn or uh, get in contact with you to start talking more about your networkathons or, or anything like that, where can they find you? Uh, I definitely am on LinkedIn. Uh, my office phone number is 314-227-6771. And my email is Mark, M-A-R-K, Brimer, B as in boy, R-I-M as in Mark, E-R, at office supply solutions with an s llc.com and they just put the uh, stl leaders podcast in the title i guarantee i will open it up all right mark well on behalf of myself and the stl leaders podcast i appreciate you coming on today and talking about networking and your philosophies brian thank you for the opportunity i really appreciate it thank you for listening to this week's episode of the stl leaders podcast stay tuned for next week's episode with jennifer bloss